Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live and it's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. Well, it's good to see you guys. I'm jumping right into God's Word today. We're changing a little bit of our order of service. Uh, I'd like it if you would go ahead and get your notes and get a Bible out or a Bible app. And there are two places I want you to turn in the Bible. Now today, we're going to go back and forth between these two, uh, these two sections. This is very much of a teaching message today. And so, so when you find one place, hold it because you're going to have to be going back and forth. Luke 6, 37, and then Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 7. Luke 6, 37, Deuteronomy 15, 7. Find those. We'll leave that on the screens for you for just a minute. Today's message, the topic title of it is It's All About Your Heart. All right, say that with me. It's all about your heart. Okay, great. Now, I want to tell you right up front here at the beginning, today's message is about giving. Uh, Giving and tithing is actually the singular hottest topic in Western churches. Uh, there's a lot of tension about it, and I want to ease your tension a little bit here, all right? First of all, I want to let you know I preach about giving about twice a year uh, because it's central to the gospel. Um, in fact, Jesus taught about giving. Some people say, well, I don't like any of the message on, G- on giving. So you wouldn't have liked Jesus' ministry at all <laughs> because Jesus actually taught on giving more than any other topic, more than heaven or even hell. So, uh, but, but, uh, but the reason it's important is because it really addresses an attitude. It really, giving really, it really shows the condition of our hearts. Now, first of all, if you're visiting here with us today, I want to welcome you. I want you to enjoy this message, but I don't want you to feel compelled to participate in an offering. That's, that's not my goal for you, all right? But I, I truly believe, though, that there will be something in this message that you'll be able to apply directly to your life regarding generosity. Now, if you're part of another church and you're here today, uh, you, I, I, I want to tell you this. You always give to the place where you're fed. That's, that's the storehouse. You don't give here, okay? But if you're City Life partner or regular attendee, I want you to listen with your heart today, and I want you to respond appropriately. And, and, and I, it's always good to throw this out here. This is not an attempt to get you to give more money so I can get a raise. I get asked about that probably more than anything else. I'm on a salary established by a board. It's not based on how much you give. So, so, uh, but I, so therefore, I'm just going to unashamedly challenge you. I want to challenge you to think deeply about the whole concept of generosity because I believe that it is a reflection of your heart. Now, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, he said these words, and I want you to look at this from the Passion Translation. This is in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 35. He, excuse me, verse 24. He said, generosity brings prosperity, but withholding from charity brings poverty. That right there is one of the Proverbs. And he says, in the second proverb right behind that, he says, those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. That comes from the wisest man who's ever lived next to Jesus Christ. And so what I want is I want my heart to be open and receptive for that. So again, my prayer, God, is just, just I, I pray that even as I deliver this message, that 
and myself, as well as everyone who hears what I'm sharing, God, that our hearts will be open wide to, to the deposit of your word, that your word will go into good soil and will take root and will make a difference in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, today I'm going to ask you to think. This is a thinking message. I want you to listen carefully and think about what is God is saying directly to you through these scriptures. Now, before we get to that first passage in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, I want us to look at a parallel scripture, but it's found in Matthew chapter 7, and it'll be on the screens. It's a very well-known scripture. Now, I want you to look at this. This is where Jesus said, he said, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, you guys have all heard that, right? You've heard that before. What Jesus is talking about here, more than anything, is a heart condition, the condition of a heart. He's talking about judgmental attitudes. Now, Luke chapter 6, verse 37, which is where I want you to open your Bibles to now, that is actually the parallel passage. That means it's addressing the same thing at the same time, the same sermon, uh, but, but, but Luke actually offers a little more content than Matthew did. You know, sometimes you take notes with one person, another person's taking notes, they have things that was all said in the same place. One person has more notes than the other. You see, this is the, this is the situation with Luke. So Luke six thirty-seven. When we get there, I want you to look at this. Let's flip it over there. Now, there, the, the first and the last sentence actually match up directly with what I just read in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. But the middle part is the extra that Luke brings in. Now, let's read what Luke says, okay? He says, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For, now we pick up on where, where they, we left off. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is interesting because this is all one statement. And what's Jesus talking about as a whole? What's he talking about as a whole? He's talking about a condition of your heart. He's saying, don't judge, don't condemn, do forgive, and do give. And then he says, it will be given back to you. What's the it? That is whatever you did, all right? So in the same way you give out, it's going to come back to you. Pour it into your lap, running over. So in other words, you give judgment, you're going to get judgment poured right back onto you on your lap, yeah. <laughs> if you give condemnation, you're going to get condemnation poured back onto you and it's going to be running over. You forgive and forgiveness is going to be given back to you in good measure. You give and it will be given back to you in the same measure. You see? Now, now this, this is actually wonderful and it's kind of like a terrible gift all at the same time when you really begin to see what God is, is telling us here. This is what we call the law of reciprocity right here, okay? And it all comes down to really not an action but an attitude of your heart. See, if you have an unhealthy heart, what are you going to do? You're going to judge. You're going to condemn. You won't forgive, and you won't give. And then what happens, the condition of the unhealthy heart causes more of the same to come back to you, which means you get even more unhealthy. 
That's why we teach about good soul health around here all the time. Now, now on, on the flip side, a healthy heart won't judge, won't condemn, will forgive, and will give, all right? And, and the healthy heart, because of that, because of this, the law of reciprocity, this heart continues to, uh, to get more and more healthy, you see? Now, hold your place there. We're going to come back to this, uh, this chapter in just a few minutes. But now I want you to flip over to Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 7. In this place, we see Moses is actually establishing societal order to about 2 million recently freed Egyptian slaves. This was the beginning of the nation of Israel. And God gave clear instructions to Moses for Moses to speak to the people to establish some healthy life boundaries. Why? Because God wanted his people to walk in blessing. That's what he wanted. So he gives them these healthy boundaries, just like uh, I have healthy, if you're a parent, you have healthy boundaries for your children. Don't stick your finger into the socket. You know, you you see what I'm saying, all right? Now, Now, what he speaks to also is a condition of our hearts as well today. So it really speaks to us in a very, uh, in a very real way. I want us to look at this. Uh, Deuteronomy 15, verse 7. He says this. He says, If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns the le- uh, of the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Those are the attitudes. Rather be open-handed and lend freely them whenever they, for whatever they need. So what God is addressing here really is more than an outward action if you really look at it. This is the Old Testament. This is just, just parallel with what we just said. He's talking about two heart attitudes, which is being hard-hearted and tight-fisted. Now, here's the deal. It's because all of our actions, whether it's giving or judging or condemning or forgiving, those things always come from our heart. And the truth is, some of us need heart surgery, and every one of us need heart repair from time to time on this stuff. And, 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 and if you don't, uh, you're not gonna walk in blessing and that's actually gonna send you into this downward spiral. In fact, you can't really thrive on your cultural street like I talked about last week if you're, if you're in this downward spiral, if your heart's unhealthy. So I wanna give you today, I'm gonna give you some, basic, some four basic heart surgery actions so that we can work on our hearts. The first heart surgery action is this. It is to deal with your selfish heart. Let's just admit it, we are sometimes. If, if, you're just, if your motto is, I'm always looking out for number one, I'll just tell you, you have a selfish heart, okay? And, and let's just do this, just smile and admit it and realize it and let's deal with it, okay? If, if you have, if you have uh, selfish thought processes in your heart, what will happen is everything is going to kind of like flow from there. Now, back in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 9, uh, the system that Moses implemented was that if a person fell on hard times and they had no crops, uh, they could go to another person and they could get uh, plenty of crops and just go ahead and request a loan from them. But God, what he was saying is here, don't be hard-hearted when requests to give come your way. That's what he's saying. All right, take a look at the, at the next scripture, verse nine. He says, be careful not to harbor this wicked thought, okay? Because here's the wicked thought. Well, the thought is this, the seventh year, the year of canceling debts is near, so 
that, so that you will not show ill will toward the needy among your fellow Israelites and give them nothing. They may then appeal to the Lord against you and you'll be found guilty of sin. Okay, now, hold on here. We, this is not our culture here, but let me tell you about what the wicked thought is. There's this thing called the year of Jubilee. That's a year of canceling of debts. It came every seven years. And, 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 and so basically they're looking at the calendar going, oh wait, next year uh, all the debts are gonna be canceled like here in a few months and then he's gonna take a loan from me and he's not gonna be required to pay me back so I'm not gonna help him out. God calls that a wicked thought, okay? He calls that selfishness. He calls it wickedness. And, and God wants everybody to be liberated from all types of wickedness and selfishness. So what did God do? He created this thing called giving. Giving is actually a creation from God. Look, giving does two things. Giving helps rid us of selfishness and greed, and it does a very good job. And secondly, it allows us to participate in the character of God. Does those two incredible things in our lives, and it will help you thrive as a believer. Now, God did not create giving because he needs some extra money right? No. He created it for our benefit to help rid us of selfishness and greed because God knows selfishness and greed will destroy us. And he created giving to allow us to participate in his nature so we can be actually more like him. Now, in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, you saw this a minute ago, it said, give and it will be given to you. Remember seeing that? All right. Now, I want to be really honest, I don't like some of the preaching that's out there on that particular verse of scripture because quite often it's taught this way, give and you'll get. Basically it says, hey, if I give $500 in the offering, I'm gonna get $5,000 back, cha-ching, thank you, Jesus, and then, oh, wait a minute, I can put in the 5,000 and get 50,000 back, oh, you know, that, that kind of a thing. It's like, I just don't know. <laughs> Does you think God really gets thrilled about that? No. I doubt it because what's the motivation? The motivation is getting, not giving. Now, Luke 6.38, which, which I shared with you, you know, the, about, about giving, it will be given to you. I want to explain it to you just with two simple, two simple statements. First of all, don't give to get. We don't ever do that. Never give to get. But it's also true, there's another side of this. God rewards giving when it's done with a right heart. Those are two big, big truths for here. See, God implemented giving to work greed and selfishness out of our lives. Yet a lot of the preaching on this passage actually works greed and selfishness back into people's lives. Uh, that's why God said in, in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 9, he said, don't let those thoughts enter your mind. Just get away from that. Just give. Now, heart surgery action number two is this. Here's the second thing that can, we can do to our hearts is this, is to deal with your grudging heart. A grudging heart. Now, this is a heart condition where we do the right action, we're giving, but we do it with a grudge. Um, you feel manipulated or coerced or forced to give. That's why I even said up at the very beginning, this is not about any of that. So, so you gotta let that out of your mind. See, it's this thing of you do the deed, but your heart is not in sync with the actions. And God says it actually poisons your action of giving. Did you know that? Yeah. 
Don't give that way. See, okay, now, now let's look at, back at what Moses was saying in Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 10. Look over there now. All right, it says, he says, give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord will bless you in all of your work and in everything you put your hand to. In other translations of the Bible, that word grudging uh, is, is, is used like a grieving heart or it might be a resentful heart, a hesitating heart, an evil heart, or even a stingy heart. But here's the bottom line. If your heart is wrong, there's no blessing. You got it? That's real important. So God cares about the heart. See, the scripture is clear. It says, because of this, look at it, it's right there, black and white, on your papers, in your Bibles, on the screens. <laughs> God won't bless you. But God will bless you if you give without a grudging heart. So you see, it's not the act of giving that God blesses. It's the attitude of the heart that we have when we actually give. So, in fact, really, it's clear that if I get my heart right, in this area of giving, then God will bless me, look at that, in all I do. I want to make it, make it really simple. Here's the, here's the simplicity part. God wants us to live blessed lives. He really does. And that's something we have to believe. What parent does not want their child to live a blessed life? You do. You do. So this is the natural thing of God toward us. These images that a lot of people have of God's just out to, to catch you and pound you and beat you down, that's just not God. <laughs> that's not God. See, in everything that we do, God wants to bless you in, in everything. So that would be in your children and your jobs and your relationships and your ministry. And, and if we can simply have a heart change in this area of giving, the Bible says God will bless our lives. But you know, the truth is, uh, the money that we have is God's anyway. You know that. It's, it's really God's. It's God's. Uh, we're just entrusted with it. He, he gives it to us, and then we're entrusted with it, and we're just, we're just happy about that. And, and, uh, and so we give back part of what God has given to us, and we're not doing it with a grieving, grudging heart. Because he's, he's already given it to us, right? That's, and it's, it's very, very simple like that. You know, it's, it's really this simple, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just, just do it like this. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll pretend like I'm God. I'm not. Do, am I God? No, okay, no. No, so do not misquote me here. And, and I'm, I'm just gonna give that to you. You know, that's your, that, then I'm, I just give that to you. And, and then all of a sudden I'm going, man, you know what? I'm, I, I was planning on taking my, my family to lunch today, and, and uh, I don't have any cash on me. Gee, I wonder if there's any cash that I could get. And so... Look what you're doing. Look, okay, I wish you would look, look at everybody. You know what you saw? Do you see how Vicky's smiling right there? <laughs> you know why? It's just because he's, he's just giving me back whatever, whatever I already gave to him. It's really that simple. See, the reason we give grudgingly is because we think it's ours. But the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. He owns it all. See, the, the blessing you have in whatever area of life is meant to be shared one way or another. In fact, this, this works well with cultural streets. There's this whole cultural streets axiom which says this. It says, we are blessed to be a blessing. See, if you want to make difference on your cultural street, and you'll, you have to begin to see that everything that you have is a blessing from God. And that is God's channel to bless others. 
Okay, here's heart surgery action number three. Let's, let's dig into this. It is develop a liberal heart regarding giving. That's it. That, that, that's, that's a healthy heart. A liberal heart regarding giving is a healthy heart. Now let's look in Deuteronomy chapter 15 now in verse 12 and see what God is actually looking for. Here's what he says. He says, if any of your people, Hebrew men or women, sell themselves to you and serve you six years, in the seventh year you must let them go free. That's that year of Jubilee again, okay? And when you release them, look at this. Do not send them away empty-handed. Supply them liberally from your flock, your threshing floor, your wine press. Give to them as the Lord your God has blessed you. And so, so liberally means generously. You give extra from what God has blessed you with. This is, a, this is a, a simply a life concept right here. Uh, so, so when you give, you should always give actually more than is needed. Really, that's a general rule for life. Uh, don't, don't ever just barely meet a need. Go over and above the need. And then it says, you know, that God has then blessed you. You're to give as God has blessed you. What does it mean to give as God's blessed you? Well, it means this. It's, first of all, you have to remember that it's God's, not yours. God has already blessed you. Everything you have is God's. And, you, and the degree of liberal giving is contingent upon the amount that God has already blessed you with. So, so one, you know, one thing we say around here is there's equal sacrifice, but not equal gifts. It's all different for every single one of us. So really, it's, it comes back to being a heart issue. Now, now, I want us to go back to Luke chapter number six. So flip back over there. This is where Jesus was teaching uh, about this truth that whatever you dish out is going to come back on you in greater measure. Now, we're in the same chapter, which means we're in the same context. This is the same sermon that I, that I was sharing with you earlier, but I'm going to have us back up just a few verses to what Jesus said immediately preceding this. And we're going to look in Luke chapter six, verse 30, and we're going to see how Jesus is really emphasizing this whole thing about the giving portion because that's actually probably one of the biggest issues of the condition of our heart. Now here's what Jesus says. Give to everyone who asks you. If anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, lend without expecting anything back. And then your reward will be be great. You will be called children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. What is it? God is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Okay, now, again, this is all a heart issue. The parallel passage from this back in the book of Matthew is actually called the golden rule. That's, that's the parallel passage. It says, whatever you dish out comes back, good or bad. Uh, wh- whatever, when, and Jesus is saying here, whenever you give in this way, you are like your father God. God is kind, and God is kind to the good people, and God is kind to the ungrateful and the evil people. Did you know that? And we're supposed to be the same as well. But then when you think about it, the, the, the ungrateful and the evil people, well, ultimately, really, that's us. We're unthankful and we're evil, you know? 
And then what God did is God showed us mercy before we could deserve it. And there's no way we could even earn that from God. And what God is doing, he's, he's saying here, I am forgiving you. That word forgiving means I am giving to you. <laughs> you see? I am forgiving you. But won't you give? <laughs> That's what he's saying in that passage. I'm forgiving you, but won't you give? Why? So when you give, you you, you, you're to give more. You're to give with this liberal heart regarding giving all the time. And the fourth heart surgery action is this, is to develop a grateful heart. Just simply be grateful for what you have. Gratitude is the opposite of entitlement. When you feel you're entitled, it's like I deserve what I have or I see something and I think I deserve it so I'm going to have it for myself and I'm going to throw a fit unless I get what I want because I am entitled. See, entitlement is the opposite of a grateful heart and we have to protect our hearts from that. Now look back at Deuteronomy chapter 15, look at verse 14 here. Look at this. Okay, he says, supply them liberally from your flock, your threshing floor and your wine press. Give to them as the Lord has blessed you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. This is why I give you this command today. So basically what God is saying is remember that you were really messed up and then I paid for you. I bought you. Therefore God's saying I command you to be the same as as I am. I command you to be generous. And that's the story of our lives. We've been set free by the blood of Jesus. And God gave to us generously, even though we didn't deserve it. So we're grateful to God, and we give like he gave to us. Does that make sense? So here's the bottom line. Uh, our hearts have a natural bent towards evil. It does. Uh, we, we tend to judge and condemn. Uh, we tend to be ungrateful, selfish, entitled, grudging, resentful, but those things always have a reciprocal effect. And if we don't correct our hearts, that stuff's only going to get worse. God designed something for us to break out of these heart conditions, and it's simply called giving. When we live with gratitude and liberality, God rewards us. In fact, the Bible even gives us four major categories of giving. The first I'm going to share is the most foundational. Uh, it's the most fundamental. Giving type number one is called the tithe. That means the tenth. That's, that's 10% of your income. Some people say gross or net. It's like, just do 10. You know, just, just, just 10. I, 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 like to, I like to go all the way. So, you know, but just give 10%. There's some scriptures there you can look up on your own. But the tithe, what it does is it grows and sustains God's work through his storehouse, which is the local church. <clears throat> The tithe is actually directly connected with our primary calling in this life, which is all about packing heaven and emptying hell. And that's what this is about. It's about the church thriving. And God makes it clear that when we withhold the tithe, we're actually robbing him, and the windows of heaven become closed over our lives. What are the windows of heaven that would mean anything good that God wants to shower on you? Uh, tithing predates the law. Um, Abraham actually initiated a tithe long before the law. Uh, tithing is also found in the New Testament. Jesus says you are to tithe, and also along with the writer of Hebrews. Tithing is associated with obedience, and it, it demonstrates that you're aware that everything belongs to God anyway, so you give back a portion. Tithing also functions as an insurance policy, so to speak, that rebukes Satan's plan to make you barren in your life 
and it opens the windows of heaven uh, and protecting and transporting resources to you, especially during the lean times. And tithing meets the needs of the local church. I began tithing when I was five years old, never stopped. Has it been a burden? No, it's actually always been a joy for me. Has it been easy? No, not always. It's always been a joy for me. The second type of giving is called an offering. And uh, you'll notice even on our, on our cards, uh, on these we have tithe, and we have offering uh, and on this and on the, the, the giving app. But an offering is something above the tithe. Uh, I give offerings regularly and consistently. Um, there was even a time where I had no income, uh, so there was no tithe. But I still gave something, and that was an offering. See, the giving of an offering is like the planting of some type of a spiritual seed, and then it produces fruit. When I lived in Missouri uh, for a few years, I learned that farmers plant the seed not knowing about the outcome because the weather, the rainfall, it's variable. It's totally out of their control. But they would plant the seed regularly. And so, so the consistency in sowing the seed by the farmers, I'll watch this carefully, it was actually the biggest factor. If they planted consistently in due season, they would reap a harvest if they sowed the seed, you know? Some 30, 60, 100 times what they had sown. It's, a, it's like a mystery. I, I, I really enjoyed watching that. It's a mystery how this works, but it works in the natural as well as the supernatural with our giving. That's, a, that's an offering. The third is third type of giving types. We don't have this marked on our envelopes. It's not talked about quite as much, but you can give this as well, but it's called first fruits. Now, I just to tell you about this. I practice this as well. Uh, this is the giving of a first portion of an increase to God's work one way or another, all right? There are a lot of di- different ways that you can do this and, and it can go to the local church, it can go somewhere else, but, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's just a way of giving, thanking God. Um, th- this can be applied to like if you get a raise, um, then you, you take the increased amount in that first check and you give it back to God. Uh, maybe it's a first profit from a brand new client or, or, or a new job or something like that. But basically what you're doing is you're demonstrating unselfishness and gratitude for what God has done for you. You're thanking God. Uh, first fruits, it actually is, a, is a, an annual Jewish festival where they, people would thank God for provision and for deliverance from slavery. So what they would do is they wouldn't harvest any grain at that time until the first fruits had been given. And, uh, and so it or basically they would, they would give and, and they wouldn't touch any of the new income until that first portion had been given. Now, the fourth type of giving is called alms. That's the best, basically the best word for it. Uh, this is the giving that's synonymous with compassion. This is where you give to someone in need, uh, expecting nothing in return from them. And, and God's in charge of the repayment plan on all of that, you see. And I believe and I practice all of these giving types, I choose, the thing is I just choose generosity in my life. Why? It's because God is good. God has blessed me. I can stand before you with a heart of integrity and say, I can say God has blessed me and has always been regardless of my income level or even of my lack of financial income. And I want God's blessing to flow through my heart. And I want a healthy heart. The generosity key here is this, is just to give, to be a blessing in the name of Jesus. 
the way I see it is anything which flows through my hands is a blessing from Jesus, really. I'm just the instrument. That's how God, that's one of the ways God gets to use me. The tithe is, the tithe is foundational. Uh, the vision for this church it has to be funded. Uh, we have a huge vision to expand God's work in this city and on this earth. Uh, written out there in the lobby, the, the Church I Dream statement, it's, it's out in the vestibule. Uh, that's what it's about. And generosity really is an essential key to get us there because it's all about changed lives. Yet at the same time, here's a fact. This church has always been and may always be a church that has about 60 to 70% of the people who do not give a tithe or give generously. And yet, it will never be put down. Why? Because the gospel is free. They will always receive the full benefits of ministry. We do not charge for the gospel. We never will. Yet, it has to be funded. Business owners, try running your business that way. <laughs> it doesn't work. Again, the church, it's not a business. See, a person can come to this church for 40 years and never give one penny. And they can receive the same spiritual nourishment as everyone else. But the thing is, if you want to enlarge your faith life, if you want to be a part of something great, if you really want to receive the eternal rewards for the lost people that come to Jesus in this church, be generous. It starts with a tithe. Solomon says this. He says, generosity brings prosperity, but withholding from charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them, and the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. Right now, we're about to give our tithes and our offerings. And two things that we're going to do is receive our, give our tithes and our offerings, but I'm also asking for uh, this annual commitment to generosity, something we do once a year. And so I'm going to ask everyone if you'll reach down and pull out this little card that says generosity. And um, take a look at this. I want to talk you through this very quickly. You can put your name and info on there, but he, he, what is your generosity stance for this year? First, maybe it's like, I'm just going to start giving. Others of you may say, well, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give that 10%. Maybe you're going to say, well, I want to make a commitment to annual giving and be a vision carrier. I'll, I'll share with you what that means in a little bit. So don't check that yet because you don't know what it is. Or maybe you're already a vision carrier. Go ahead and, and mark that. But on the back, I want to, just want you to flip this over because this is important. I want to talk you through this. How do we do it? Well, if you want to start giving, it says whether it's your first gift or you haven't given an offering in a long time, just give something today. Second is the tithe. Tithing is returning to God 10% of what he's helped us earn. And there are two questions to help you figure that out. I'm not asking you to write the answers in there, okay? That's not for you. I'm not saying fill in the blanks. How much do I earn each month? My monthly tithe is 10% of the amount above. And then vision carriers are individuals who have committed to annual giving, including and above regular tithes and offerings. You know, I'll talk to you in a second about vision carriers, but... Uh, First of all, I just want to let you know we do have four ways to give. And the four ways to give are on the screen. You can give through the app, the envelope, the giving station at the back, or through the City Life app. And uh, I, I just want to, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to 
to walk in generosity. You either get to be a part of the miracle and watch amazing things happen through you or just kind of sit in the sidelines and enjoy. You know what? You can sit, like I said, you can sit in the sidelines for 40 years, and, but I know God has better things for you. While you're completing your card, I want to talk to you about vision carriers. A vision carrier is someone who has really feels called to and committed to the, the vision of this church. And they say, you know what, I'm going to give. I, I, you, know, you don't have to worry about it. I'm going to be tithing all year long, but I'm also going to be giving above my regular tithes and offerings. I'm a vision carrier, and there are many in this church. Uh, with the vision carriers, part of our, what we say is it's not about equal sacrifice. It's not about equal gifts, but it's equal sacrifice. So it's not about the amount. And the prayer of a vision carrier is this, is, Lord, make me be a distribution center for your blessing. Now, if you're not a vision carrier yet, and you would like to be a part of that group, uh, you'll, just, you'll just mark the front on there. I want to commit to annual giving, being a vision carrier. And, uh, and there are some advantages to it. Some of the things that we do have is one thing that you will receive is an annual pastor's update. Uh, you'll receive, in, in the mail, you'll receive a monthly impact report, which is showing you what God is doing in our church uh, with, with real numbers. We have a semi-annual breakfast, often sometimes known as a bacon festival. I don't know. But, and, and you'll also get a first look at my vision and the things that are about to happen before anyone else knows in the church. And, and so you get to know the, the, the challenges we're walking through as well. But it's a group where we, we come together twice annually but are constantly getting information out to you. Uh, and if you decide to do that here in about three weeks, you'll get your first correspondence, which will be the correspondence for the month of March. Uh, if, if you are interested, just maybe if you're interested, interested in more information about Vision Carrier, they have these brochures in their hands right now. Would you just lift your hand? Just lift your hand. If you're interested in, in Vision Carrier info, lift your hand up and they'll bring that to you. Just keep your hand up and they're, they're walking up and down right now. They're, they're all around here. So yeah, just, just yeah, come all the way up to the front, y'all. Come all the way up to the front. Awesome. 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 Just keep your hand up. Wave it a little bit. While you're preparing your offerings, I just want to share this with you. I, I, I couldn't believe this, but somebody sent this to me this morning. Uh, how amazingly timely. And I said, can I share this? They said, yeah. This message came in at about 7.30 this morning. It says, Pastor Tim, I just have to share this with you. It says, in October, my dad was very sick. I had to take some time off from work to care for him. I didn't have any PTO built up, but I would, it would be okay to take one week off without pay. When I got to dad's, things were a lot worse than I realized, and I couldn't leave him. And nobody was there to take my place. I didn't have the extra money to take off another week, but I prayed, and I knew that if I honored my dad, God would take care of my needs. Right before I left, I got a letter from my insurance stating that I had a $1,000 that I needed to spend by the end of the month. Now, I don't even know how that works, but that's great. <laughs> She says, I panicked first thinking I don't have any medical work that I need to have done. Then I remembered some dental work that I had paid out of pocket because the dentist said my insurance wouldn't cover it. Long story short, they should have paid. And they ended up reimbursing me $1,000 while I was in New Mexico with my dad. The first Sunday back was hard for the house in October. And you asked for pledges and I almost laughed. <laughs> I was like, really? Now? <laughs> But I felt I was supposed to pledge $500 that God would provide, and I did. That's, that's considered an offering. And, and I was nervous. 
And it's crazy, but when I went to work, I had an email from the president of my company stating that the hospital had met its yearly goals and that everybody was going to get a $500 bonus. My center merged with the hospital last December, and we never had bonuses before. Never. I knew God was blessing me for giving, but he wasn't finished. One month later, I got another email from the president. It said, in order to celebrate our 1,000th anniversary of Cook Children's, we are giving another $500 bonus. God doesn't just meet our needs. He gives in abundance. He truly amazes me. Unsolicited. That's just a testimony of actually exactly what I talked about today. God comes through for you. So, the guys are going to sing a song here and as they're singing, uh, you know, they're, they're going to pass the offering and, and as soon as that offering is passed, we'll just stand and, and finish singing. But we just, let's, just, let's just honor God with our giving right now. God, I pray that you will bless these offerings and use them to advance the good news of Jesus Christ right here in Fort Worth and around the world. And God, I pray, Lord, for, for whether their offerings and, and as, as well as these generosity cards, I pray for blessing to be back on each person. Lord, as we just give, not being forced to or feeling a grudge to do so, God, but we do so out of a generous heart. So bless the giving now and each person who's giving in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.